a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Headlines across the country regularly decry religious liberty as nothing more than an excuse to discriminate. Cardinal Timothy Dolan and a host of world religious leaders gathered at Notre Dame University today to say it's time to correct that narrative. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So it is time to think again. Uh, again, often it is a position that religious liberty is just a new way to discriminate. Uh, a uh, forum today at Notre Dame University, the Religious Liberty Summit, uh, which will be an annual gathering moving forward of foremost thought leaders, world religious leaders. Uh, the summit is designed to engage conversations between scholars and advocates, religious leaders, about the future of religious liberty and faith in the United States and around the world. Uh, this year's Religious Liberty Summit uh, is concluding today. It's been held uh, yesterday, uh, June 28th, and, and today, the 29th, on the campus of the University of Notre Dame. Interesting, uh, subsequent summits will be held in Rome next year in 2022, Jerusalem the following year in 2023. And as I mentioned, the focus of this inaugural summit has been on interfaith cooperation. And one of the panels that uh, really demonstrated that uh, included an apostle of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Elder Quentin L. Cook. As I mentioned, uh, His Eminence Cardinal Timothy Dolan, Archbishop of New York, uh, was also part of that and delivered the keynote address today. Uh, You also uh, had uh, Dr. Jacqueline Rivers, uh, Pentecostal and the director of the Seymour Institute for Black Church and Policy Studies, and then uh, Rabbi Meir Soloviechik of Congregation Shirath Israel in New York. Uh, all of them were part of this panel discussion today, and I, I think it's an interesting one to to look at in terms of what is the role of faith in the public square? Uh, what is uh, the importance of religious liberty? What are we misunderstanding about it? Uh, what does it mean historically, and what does it mean for our future here in the United States of America. And so we're going to break down and get into comments from each of these world religious leaders and organizations. Uh, We're going to start uh, with Cardinal uh, Timothy Dolan. Uh, He was, uh, as I mentioned, the keynote speaker for this. He delivered uh, four key points to help believers correct the narrative, which was the real focus of his uh, message today, correct the narrative around what religious freedom is. You and I advocate for religious freedom, not primarily because we're believers, but because we're Americans. Two, the defense of religious liberty is hardly some ultra-conservative issue, but one historically considered part of the uh, movement that is usually called progressive and reforming in our history. Number three, the reason we cherish freedom of religion 
is not to protect government from religion, but free exercise from the government butting in. And finally, I fear that we may have, our culture may have moved from its former postures of encouraging a place in the public square for believers, then to neutrality about the role of faith in the public square, to now an outright antagonism to any voice inspired by faith having a welcomed place in the national discourse. Uh, some really stirring remarks there from uh, Cardinal Timothy Dolan. I want to shift now to uh, Dr. Jacqueline Rivers. Again, she's the Pentecostal director uh, of the Seymour Institute of Black Church and Policy Studies. And she focused on kind of this reform component uh, that religions and uh, faith institutions have had on our country and our society from the beginning. Faith has been fundamental to the black community since before the end of slavery, when the black church was a hidden institution and slaves found the strength to endure in part because of their faith. Since with, the, with emancipation, the black church has continued to play a really important role in education. Uh, black churches were among uh, the most important institutions in founding Uh, colleges and universities, and in providing education for people who were illiterate because it was illegal for slaves to learn to read and write. So the church has really been at the center. Uh, Again, that's uh, Dr. Jacqueline Rivers. Uh, And so important that uh, looking at the role of the black church uh, in terms of moving things forward, education uh, and funding colleges, universities, uh, providing opportunities for uh, people to become literate uh, and engage in the community in a significant way. Uh, Next, I want to go to just a a really brief cut uh, from Rabbi Soloviechek, uh, who I first heard uh, back in New York at the Beckett uh, Foundation dinner a couple of years ago, Uh, an amazing speaker, uh, an amazing thinker, and a great leader in the Jewish community. And he kind of pushed back a little bit. He said, you know what, we shouldn't be surprised uh, that there is pressure from from government on religion. Government pressure on one's religious practices is entirely to be expected, and that one should not immediately go into mourning when one experiences pressure. Uh, I love that. We shouldn't go into mourning because we experience pressure. Uh, we're going to come back to some more from uh, from Rabbi Soloviechek uh, coming up in just a few moments here. Uh, but that's such an important thing that uh, we have to recognize that that pressure is normal uh, and that we shouldn't collapse under that. We need to lean into that. Uh, and that leads me to uh, some, some comments from Elder Quentin L. Cook uh, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Uh, he actually cited a, a quote from uh, Lord Jonathan Sachs, uh, rabbi uh, of Great Britain passed away sadly uh, far too soon last fall, and uh, he made the analogy of comparing scientific atheism and the music of faith. He noted how secular some parts of the world had become. His address was titled, Has Europe Lost Its Soul? He stated that one culprit is an aggressive scientific atheism tone deaf to the music of faith. Lord Sachs, a few years later, articulated the concern I have about the diminished role of faith, moral values, and religion in the modern era. 
Uh, again, that's uh, Elder Quintanel Cook. I want to go on to something else that uh, Elder Cook said. He described the blessing that society loses, what we lose when we do become tone deaf to the music of faith. The first is the way religious accountability benefits secular society. The second is the multitude of good works that religion inspires people of faith to perform on behalf of others. We're going to continue this conversation. We're going to stay with the question just a little bit longer today. Uh, This is such a unique combination of individuals and world religious leaders between Cardinal Dolan, Elder Cook, Dr. Rivers, and Rabbi Soloviechek. Uh, These are some amazing thinkers, uh, regardless of your persuasion and religious belief. And we'll talk about what they think we need to do to make sure we protect that for the believers and the non-believers, the impact it can have on society, coming up next. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.